Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Down the block, Andrew Jones. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I put up a Q&A box on my Instagram page the other day and I've got a couple of questions I'm going to go through this afternoon. All sent in from you guys on Instagram. Let's kick it off. Our first question comes from Tom on Instagram. He asks, is shifting Sonny Bill Williams or Orbo to lock a must for the Roosters to go three in a row? Now, you'll all remember at the start of the year when Victor Radley did his ACL I essentially said, I don't think the Roosters can recover from this. I don't think they can win three in a row without Radley. And to some extent, I stand by it. But what they've done since, you know, I shouldn't have doubted them. They are the best system in the game. They are simply incredible. And the way they've recovered from that loss has been unbelievable. I mean, the way that Radley was playing, and I think he's still very underappreciated, Victor Radley, the way that he controls the center third. You know, I've been saying it for two or three years, but this year, he was just going to a new level. The stuff he was doing through the middle was amazing, and it, and it really just allowed Luke Keary to play on the left edge and Flanagan just to you know bide his time in the Rooster system on the right edge. And what it's meant is that the Victor Radley injury has meant that essentially Luke Keary's had to take more control, as has Flano, but Keary, he's really gone to a new level since Radley's gone, and you know he's sort of been uh, in and out of the side a little bit, but when he is there, he's been incredible. And obviously, Kyle Flanagan spent his time not in first grade, and he's come back sensational. I'm really excited to see Flano in this final series. I think he's going to go real good. Um, but to answer your question, for me personally, I, I don't think Sonny Bill Williams, I don't think he has the legs to be able to do it. I don't think he's going to have the legs in two weeks to be able to handle a full-time role at 13. Orbo, I love him, but I wouldn't have him in the middle at 13. I don't think he has the hands for it. Really talented footballer, but... Jeez, it's a hard role playing lock. The man that I would have at 13 is Takiaho. Now, I probably wouldn't have him there for 80 minutes, so you might get a rotation with Sonny Bill, which I think would work perfectly. I'd be playing Takiaho there for 60-odd minutes. He's got that, that sleight of hand, that ball-playing ability, and if it's not on, tucks it under the shoulders, and he just goes. And he's one of those guys. He's I talk about explosive front rowers quite often, and I love to have a ball-playing lock. But if Radley's not there... I think Takiyaho is the man. I'd be playing him at 13 and just let him play footy, let him go, put him on, you know, for the first 15 minutes, give him a 10 or 15 minute spell, then put him on the end. And that might mean that you shift Sonny Bill out to the edge. It might mean that Sonny Bill only plays 15, 20 minutes. However you're going to work it, 
I don't think Orbo or Sonny Bill's the man. I would have Takiaho there. They've got a heap of other really quality front rowers that can jump into the front row with Jared Rhea Hargraves. Takiaho's my man to play lock for the Sydney Roosters. Our next question comes from Will B. He asks, who was your favourite interview to do so far on the podcast? Mate, I've had a number of really good guests on this year. It's been sensational for my first year. Um, you know, a number have come into mind. Obviously, like Craig Fitzgibbon and Anthony Minicello, absolutely loved them, especially Anthony Minicello. He was a guy that I absolutely loved watching as a kid. Uh, Tim Smith was a really interesting one. I really enjoyed Tim Smith. Um Sort of wasn't the sort of guy I was expecting. He was a champion bloke. I think he's very misunderstood. And to hear a lot of stuff from his side was really good. I really enjoyed that one. Brett White was my first one. He was fantastic. Obviously, he's an assistant coach at the Raiders. So it was really good to get that insight, especially after the grand final and what they went through. And the thing I loved about the Brett White interview was, you know, his response to the referee controversy in the grand final that he just sort of went, look, we're not making excuses. We're not pointing fingers. We had, you know, 79 and 30 seconds, 79 minutes and 30 other seconds to win that game, and we didn't. There's no point pointing fingers, and I just love that attitude from Brett White. Um, Inu was another sneaky one that I really enjoyed. Obviously, himself growing up with Jared Hayne and the career he had, you know, a few grand finals and jumping from club to club. Just a really good story there, but probably my standouts. One was definitely Isaac John, um, obviously from the YKTR brand there. Ice was just sensational. I love talking to him. I'm a big fan of his podcast. His podcast is definitely the top of my rotation every week. Uh, so I love talking to Isaac John. He was a really good bloke and it sort of um, helped me out quite a bit during my time doing the podcast. Another one was Michael Witt. And um, Witt was a guy that I, w- I didn't really know what to expect. He'd bounced around a few clubs and it's sort of when I started to realize that what I'm enjoying is talking to the guys that weren't the absolute superstars, the guys that bounced around a few clubs because they've got the best stories. They've got the most interesting stories. And, you know, they've seen a lot of footy that, you know, some of the top-level players that you see on Fox Sports and things all the time, they don't really have those stories to tell. Uh, so I really enjoyed Michael Witt, and he was an absolute champion. He had all the time in the world for me, so he was sensational. But probably my favourite one is the one that I dropped the other day with Brett Finch. I mean, I've only dropped part one. There's part two coming on Monday and part three coming next week. And Finchie was just a champion. He was such a legend. You know, that's no shock, of course. But the other thing about Finchie, as funny as he is, he was definitely one of my favorite players when I was growing up as a kid. I love watching Finchie play. I love the way that, as he sort of said in his podcast, he was just all chips in. He'd cop all the shit in the world, but he would just get up and he would go again. So probably Brett Finch has been my favourite one. We got on really well, and he was just hilarious. As I said, part one dropped on Monday. Part two and part three will be dropping over the next two Mondays, so make sure you get stuck into that. Our next question comes from Stewie Gray on Instagram. He says, it's women in league round. Who is your favourite female commentator? Stuart, mate, there's a lot that I really like at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, I've always been a big fan of Vonnie Sampson. I think she's really good. She adds a lot to that Fox coverage. Um, very down to earth and, you know, does truly understand her footy. So I really enjoy uh, uh, hearing Vonnie talk. And I think, you know, as far as like Mick Ennis, Mal Meninga and Cooper Cronker, I think she fits in really well with them. Yeah, she's got really good banter. I really enjoy Vonnie. Uh, Lara Pitt's another one I really like. She's always good. Uh, on Channel 9, I really like Danica Mason. Uh, she sort of flies under the radar a little bit, but I, I like when she gets on at halftime. And um, she's a good... 
you know, between Joey and Freddie, I think she keeps the conversation going really well there because it can just go heaps rogue with those guys. But with her there, she sort of keeps them on the straight and narrow. She knows her footy. She asks really solid, good questions of, of the players at halftime and at full time, which I really enjoy. There's never any dribble around her. It's all really good with Danica Mason. I like her. But probably my favorite one to listen to is probably Ruan Sims. Obviously, she's got a lot of experience with playing the game and she understands the game. Growing up with her brothers, you know, Ashton, Tariq, Corbin, she's grown up around rugby league and she's got a fantastic understanding of the game and of course she's played a lot of NRLW herself so it's just been fantastic to listen to her over the last few years she's got a really good insight and I really enjoy the comments she puts forth but of course you're right mate it is women in league round it's a found fantastic round to get out and celebrate you know from the women that are playing in the NRLW all the way to the ladies that are in the canteen or running the water or being the physios, whatever it may be. It's a really good week to appreciate the women in our game because, to be completely honest with you, we would be screwed without them. Like, even in my footy side that I coach, you know, our, our manager, she is just fantastic. And she does things that myself and the other coaches, we simply couldn't do. So, and it's, a you know, the, the role that women play in rugby league is really underrated as far as, you know, being mothers and taking to games and doing all this sort of stuff, being in the canteens. You know, we're starting to see more female coaches come into the junior ranks too now, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's a fantastic round and I absolutely love it. Really looking forward to Women in League Round. Our next question comes from Isaac on Instagram, and he asks, thoughts on the Titans' progression and how do we get to a premiership? Uh, Thanks for your question, Isaac. Mate, the Titans, it's sort of... uh, The Gold Coast is an area in Australia that... Sport, it just doesn't seem to work. I mean, we've seen A-League teams go up there and not work. We've, you know, the Gold Coast Suns, I I don't follow AFL too closely, but... You know, from what I've seen there, I think they've been more successful lately, but, it, you know, it hasn't been a raging success from what I've seen. I mean, the Titans are the third or fourth club to be up on the Gold Coast. We've had the Chargers, the Giants, the Seagulls. Like, it just seems to be a bit of a black hole for successful sporting franchises. And I think the Titans have probably done the best out of all of them, realistically. I mean, when the Titans first came into the comp, I think it was 07, uh, you know, they were playing finals footy. I think it was 09 and 10, you know, and they had a really strong core you know, base of players. I mean, you're Scotty Prince, you're Preston Campbells, Luke Bailey, Mark Minicellos, Anthony LaFranchi, Chrissy Walker, like, had some really talented footballers there. And, you know, it, it seems like so long ago, but, you know, they were a genuine top four chance. Like, I think it was 2010. They, like, they were genuine premiership contenders. They were one of the top four sides. They were just playing sensational footy. And the thing that I loved about the Gold Coast when they first came in is that their brand of footy was exciting. And, I mean, that's what you get with guys like, you know, Preston Campbell and Scotty Prince, of course. Um, you know, since then, you know, it hasn't been great for the Titans. I think they've made the finals once or twice. I mean, they grabbed Hainsey a few years ago, and that didn't really work out for them. But I don't mind that play. You know, it put asses on seats. It made it made the Gold Coast Titans interesting. You know, I was talking about Benji Marshall the last few days that – when you've got players like that, it made the Tigers interesting. It made them relevant. And Hayne was the same thing. You know, you remember when he came back with the Hayne cam and every, everyone was talking about the Gold Coast Titans for the first time since they were making the finals, since they were a top four side. And I think they've done the same thing here with David Fafita. They're going to get big Tino now. Like, it's two really good signings. But for me, the day that Fafita signed, you'll all remember, I said, I don't think they've solved their problems here. Now, since then, Jamal Fogarty has taken his game to a new level, and he really excites me. I think Fogarty is the real deal. He's just, he's got so much fight in him. He's just sensational. He's got all the skill in the world. 
You all know I'm a big fan of Ash Taylor too, and I think eventually Ash Taylor's going to get it right. I know it's easy to bag him now, and it's sort of become popular just to give shit to Ash Taylor, but if you can't see his ability, I simply can't help you. He's got so much talent, it's not even funny. If those two can get it right, and this big pack can make it work, the other one they've signed that's been under the radar is uh, Herman SASA. I don't think he's been used right at all so far in his career. And if, if Holbrook and the Titans use him properly, I think they can get a lot out of SASA. Be interesting with David Fafita. You know, I, I don't want to bag him, and, and I'll never bag someone for going somewhere for a payday. You know, it's a short career. You've got to make the best out of it. But I don't think he's overly passionate about being a Titan. I think he's keen to put that money in the bank, and I think he will return to Brisbane eventually. So the Gold Coast, they have to take advantage of this while they've got him. And for the first time, David Fafita, he could be that guy that – you know, hopefully he's now, you know, one of the first picked in the Australian side and hopefully he's cemented his spot in the Queensland team now that he can start to pull rep players from other teams. You know, and this is part of the David Fafita signing. You need someone in those rep camps to be, you know, chipping other blokes on the shoulder and telling them about the Titans and why they should come join them. It's really exciting for them and I really hope it works out for them. Still a number of pieces to fit there. I mean, Who's going to play hooker? We've got Mitch Rain. There's a couple of young blokes there. Nathan Peets. I mean, they've still got some spots to fill, but it's just the reality of rugby league. It is hard to get a 30-man squad that can win a premiership. It's not easy. People look at, you know, premierships in retrospect, but it is extremely difficult. And convincing someone to go to the Gold Coast, they always have to pay overs. It's not easy. They've got a really tough gig. I think Holbrook, I think he's been really good up there. Really excited to see what they can do over the next few years. I don't think they're any closer to winning a premiership, to be honest with you. But, geez, nothing would make me happier than to be wrong about that. Our last question is from Instagram from BMAC. He says, how many premierships will Luke Keary end up with? Now, Luke Keary, obviously, he's low-key putting together one hell of a career. I mean, he was the 5'8 in the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you know, uh, drought-ending 2014 premiership. So that was his first one. He then moved over to the Roosters. He won in 2018, and then he won, of course, last year, 2019. And, you know, being at the Roosters, being the 5'8", you know, I don't see... The, the only thing I can see standing in the way of Kiri winning another premiership is his concussion uh, issues, unfortunately. Now, at the end of the day, Luke Kiri, he's going to be the 5'8 at the Roosters until he retires, in my opinion, and he's going to have James Tedesco alongside him. There's a couple of young guys coming through there that are going to be sensational. I mean, they've still got Kyle Flanagan, so they'll have the seven locked up. They've got Sammy Verrills coming through. He's going to be a sensational nine. So their spine for the next five or six years is going to be Verrills, Kiri, Flanagan, and Tedesco. Now, you put that with some of their forwards, you know. I think Takiaho is a top three front rower in the game, if not on his day, the best front rower in the game. I think Victor Radley, if you're looking for a ball playing lock like, that suits the style the Roosters play, Victor Radley is the best lock in rugby. Rugby League. Um, you look at Angus Crichton. He, you know, he could be anything over the next few years. You know, we're, so, we're starting to see him play a slightly different role to what he did at South Sydney. He's just doing a fantastic job. They got Sonny Bill Williams in the building. I know he won't be there for the next five years, but he's going to set a tone with their culture that's going to build over the next few years. They're going to have Josh and Brett Morris. They might hang around for another season, but they're still going to be in and around the building. It's going to be massive. We have got Billy Smith who was injured at the start of the year. I think he's going to be one hell of a football. He's going to be a fantastic center. You know, Ikevalu's there. You've got Daniel Tupu. Their wings are locked down. They are really not short in any position. There is just talent everywhere. And, like, the young forwards that are coming through, you know, you've you got Tupanua. Just so many unbelievably talented guys that 
I simply can't see the Roosters not winning another premiership in the next five years. Surely they've got to have at least one more up their sleeve. I mean, they could have one more in the next eight weeks, realistically, and that could bring Luke Keary to three premierships. Sorry, to four premierships. I'm going to say Keary finishes with four. I'm confident he's going to get one more, but, you know, when you look at Cooper Cronk's career, I mean, it looked like he was going to finish with a couple, and then he won in the last three years of his career, and that's the sort of thing that, I mean, we're going through the Roosters' current squad right now and saying how good it is, but... In five years' time, when Kiri is sort of coming to the end of his career, or four years' time, whatever it might be, there's going to be other superstars out there that the Roosters are already looking to recruit. I mean, you look back to in 2017, they run out 2018, they've got Cooper Cronk, they've got James Tedesco. They're going to do it again over the next few years. And Luke Kiri, he he could just be there for the ride. Sorry, when I say he could be there for the ride, I'm making it sound like um, he's a passenger. He's far from that. He's one of the best ball players in rugby league, if not the best ball player. But... There is going to be opportunities there for Luke Keery. There is always going to be opportunities there. When you're at the Roosters, I've said it before, they're not in the friends business. They're in the premierships business. And they are going to be hunting for a trophy until the day Luke Keery retires. And then when he does, they're still going to be hunting for trophies. You can never doubt a guy that's playing at the Roosters because they're always going to be up there. They always want to be winning premierships. I'm going to say Luke Keery gets at least one more premiership before he retires. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 